says record. Does it say anything? It says record. Hey, welcome to Average Joe's, <laughs> where... We uh, are definitely average today. We're we, missing Ryan and we might, yeah, We might not hit that standard today. Uh, aim is for your, average. Is your mic up? Yeah. Can you hear me? I can't hear. Can you hear me now? A little bit. How about now? There Better. we go. There. Better. Better. Just me? Better. So we, we've lost our technical guys. They're the ones that get us all set up. Ryan's so out. Ryan's Mike's out. out. Mike's out. So we're trying to figure this out on our own here. And this may or may not work. We're just going to let it ride and Is see it where it goes. Is it counting up? It's counting up. I get the red record button. Oh, that was long. <laughs> just... I don't see. know what. Ooh. So we're uh, unsupervised here. <laughs> this is what happens when the adults leave the room. So it's just, yeah, Chris, me, and Levi today. I think we're less than average this week. Yeah, below average. Below average. I mean, if you think about it, we started out with six. Now we're down to three. Like, we're right on that we're average. Half, like 50%. We're 50% average. Oh, that, that reminds me. We ought to, uh, for anyone, you know, 15 of you who are listening... I don't know what the numbers were last time. We're usually around 20, but we are looking for personalities. Not that you have to have personality, but we want to rotate some more men through here. So if you know someone who would be good or you're willing to, we meet here on Tuesday nights, uh, 5 o'clock-ish, and uh, we often come unprepared, more or less, and just talk. So... um, if you can't tell by the content. Yeah. <laughs> if you can't tell by the fact that it's two minutes in and yeah. <laughs> we're still trying to get through the introductions. That's a short one anyway. So, uh, and I was thinking, all right, so someone has an idea, how would they respond to us? We, we gave out the email uh, a couple of weeks ago, and I don't think anyone checks it. Uh, we tried Spotify. Um, chats or comments and nobody's done that so if you have ideas on how to improve our social media our dialogue uh if you've got mike's text mike's phone you know you can do that chris me levi but um we should have a centralized uh method of communicate not not, uh, uh maybe uh centralized isn't the word but especially since I plan to talk about politics tonight, today, and the New Hampshire primaries tonight. But, oh, I thought we were talking about Nehemiah. <laughs> yeah, we are. I came grossly no, unprepared. No, we are talking You're about Nehemiah. You're going to cleverly but, weave it into the... Yeah, it shouldn't surprise anyone that we're building a wall. But back to um, back to the communication. So if anybody has ideas on how to improve our communication with each other, the public, I suspect... All of our 20 listeners are uh, attenders of Hope Chapel, so it would be, it could be literally one of our phone numbers, text messages or something, but it would be neat to, I don't know if someone wants to create a Facebook page or there's a there's a better spot than Facebook now. I say we could always use our own, the church's Facebook page, and then you've got comments and things there as people want to mm-hmm. drive them or email the church. and. Mm-hmm. 
We do have the average Joes, uh, the personalities, the content creators. That's what we are. DJs. <laughs> have a group chat that we've been using. So I suppose if, if someone wants to be added to that or someone wants to come in, uh, that's a, a possibility. But that's not a real efficient or open, uh, fluid way of... Uh, I'm sorry, did I say fluid? There's all kinds of trigger, oh. trigger words I'm... <laughs> Anyhow, so I wanted to make sure to say that um, so average Joes are not tonight. fluid. <laughs> and we got the uh, sportsman family uh, wild game dinner on March fifteenth, isn't it? That we'll hear more about as as the day approaches. Mike Mike will be advertising that at church. Uh, there might have been more than that that I was thinking about, but uh, we can do more announcements at the end. Yeah, if you think it's something, it kind of feels like a Sunday morning service. <laughs> we got the announcements, so, like we got to get yeah, into and now we go to now. the scripture. <laughs> yeah, but no singing. No singing. So, no singing. We're on Nehemiah chapter four, and uh, I had my again. So we rebuilt the wall till all of. I had my phone read it to me a couple of times. And um, I have a couple of uh, questions for uh, to to start conversation. If if you want me, unless you get uh, you got something better. <laughs> All right, okay, I'm going uh, Nehemiah chapter four. This is a good Fight Club chapter. Well, I'm I got two questions before uh, we even get to that first. So Nehemiah is rebuilding the wall, and. Uh, I could lean forward. Brad likes to recline while we're doing average jokes. Yeah, it's a podcast. <laughs> Should be comfortable. <laughs> we're hunched over a kitty table here. Yeah. All right. For the, so the first few verses, uh, uh, when Salem, so he's got opposition to the wall. Uh, he became Sanballat heard that we were rebuilding the wall. He became angry and was greatly incensed. Did I say that right? Incensed. That's, That's not a word I use very often. He was mad. So was he smelling like fragrance? He loathed entirely. Yeah, yeah he smoked, uh, but it was a good smelling smoke. So this guy was uh, angry because uh, Nehemiah was rebuilding the wall. Why... Would this guy be mad that Nehemiah is coming to rebuild the wall of Jerusalem? It's like, mind your own business. All I'm doing is building a wall. It'd be like maybe putting up putting up a, a, a fence in my backyard. Uh, maybe it's because I want I have a dog and, and let the dog run free. Maybe I have a hot tub I'm putting in and, um, you know, I don't. Uh, I don't want anyone to get nauseous looking at me when I walk out and get in the hot tub or uh, whatever. Um, that wasn't obviously uh, what Sanballat was thinking about. Well, I think there's I think there's represents in two levels. I think on the physical level, I think the one thing he didn't want to see was Jerusalem in a position of rebuilding itself. Uh, being able to see the, the Jews dispersed and into Babylon, into exile, that it kind of was, <clears throat> I'm not going to use, I don't want to necessarily say that it was anti-Semitic at that point of them, but the idea of rebuilding the wall in Jerusalem, I think, meant to the, uh, 
opposers of God's people that they were re- they were working to reestablish their kingdom. So reestablishing God's the Israelites kingdom and the, the Judean kingdom would represent a shift of power to those that were ruling in their absence or ruling in the chaos that was created by the exile. Um, you had Babylonian rule that was, you know, distant, so they appointed speakers and governors and leaders over the territory that a physical wall with Jerusalem and a rebuilt Jerusalem would pose a threat to their power and control to what was taking place. Uh, so Babylonian, but uh, Sanballat was probably one of them too. He he would have been well, more he, of a local. You think he was more of a lo- designee. I'm not saying he was officially a member of the Babylonian court to say that I think he had that rule, but I think by mention of them being enraged and the influence that he has through the chapter on other parties, Mm -hmm. I think he was an influential person in the region that didn't want to see anything that was disrupting the status quo. Mm -hmm. I wondered if it was uh, kind of like a, a street thug kind of a relationship where since Babylon was distant, and uh, there were neighboring nations. Uh, maybe he was uh, given freedom, a long leash, or, you know, as long as you don't... I think of it in kind of like mafia terms. And it very well might have been. I mean, but I think it still represents, you know, either way he was a street thug mafia kind of guy that was kind of running the local syndicate... And he and, come. And, he's got some deals worked out with yeah. Jerusalem, and uh, without walls, he rides in on his horses anytime he he wants to mm-hmm. extort them. <clears throat> or do we know if that was literally going on? Do we know much about what was? I, th- I thought for sure. I thought somewhere there there was some mention of what exactly his role was and and how yeah. he was seeing things through. But I mean, it ultimately th- it still poses a threat to the status quo right yeah things are good if we're building the wall and and the jews are coming back from babylon or this this represents a potential shift and challenge to whatever role he had whatever gain he had the rebuilt jerusalem posed a threat to that status quo Mm -hmm. so it it challenged him on on that point i think symbolically Mm -hmm. we we take that point that Oftentimes, you know, we as Christians and believers, we go forward and we're doing the things that our king commands us to do. Yeah. And ultimately, we are going to upset someone with what we are doing. And that we, whether that is, you know, spiritually based or even physically based, we represent a change to that status quo. And now all of a sudden we have vocal opposition to the things mm-hmm. that we're doing. <clears throat> Not, I, I, I don't want to step on your political tie-in, <laughs> but I think back of like... You know, 2016 election, there was yeah. something significant about Donald Trump mm. that caused everybody to be up in an uproar. Mm-hmm. Like, you could have almost nominated anybody else for the Republican Party, and there would not have been that mm-hmm. much of vocal dissent and opposition to what was taking place. So, mm. I think this vocal opposition to the point where they're even talking about in chapter four, like, let's go take the, let's, let's ruin the city, let's ruin the wall, let's take the, like, you're not even, it's not even vocal opposition at this point. You are vehemently opposed to the plans of God. Mm-hmm. And for Nehemiah being faithful to go in and execute them, and not even necessarily Nehemiah following the orders of God, that was God's command, but that was signed off by the, the, the king in Babylon. 
Yeah. Like he was under king's orders and king's protection to go and do these things, and yeah. that there was still this vehemently opposition towards doing it. And I think, mm-hmm. I think we can see that in our own lives. You know, how many times have we talked to people who are like, well, yeah, I started following God, and then life got hard. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's how you know you were on the right path. Yeah. Like that, that point of opposition where you're getting that warfare. Mm-hmm. Um, I would be worried that if Nehemiah did this and there was no opposition, <laughs> you know, what, what really oh, is, yeah. you know, you're, you're establishing God's kingdom and God's city without opposition, that, I, you know, there's a thought of like, well, of course there's going to be opposition to that. Yeah. Then, uh, think about the opposition we have now when you talk about Jerusalem and, and, and Israel. Yeah, like there's just this. Well, they shouldn't do this. Well, it, it's ex, it's actually Israel's land. They're, they yeah. they they gave a portion of it to say, okay, let's try to be peaceful. Mm. Here, here's your spot. But you know that's not enough. It's it's river to the oh, sea man. and yeah. all of like that idea of God's kingdom, God's city, mm-hmm. God's people causes opposition. Well, that's uh, that's. Yeah, that's where I was heading. Uh, so um, Nehemiah is rebuild, rebuilding the wall because of the uh, power, maybe the the money influences of of their neighbors, uh, Sanballat and the other neighboring thugs or whatever. Uh, they didn't want uh, their turf or their business infringed upon mm-hmm. and he probably didn't wasn't sure where it was going anyway it was like i don't care uh don't mess with what i got going on i got a good thing going on i don't care what you got in mind uh although he does mention a, a couple of things um so uh, that's why nehemiah wanted to rebuild the wall and why his neighbors would have been upset about him starting to to do that work why uh would a nation from within want to tear down existing walls, borders, boundaries, like the one we live in now. <laughs> and are the reasons, uh, the implication is, are the reasons similar, only backwards? I, th- I think maybe. it's similar backwards. Yeah. Like, I mean, if you're... You, you want to protect the status quo. If the status quo is you in control, mm-hmm. then you're going to do different <clears throat> things to make sure that you are able to stay in control and in power. So mm-hmm. if we're using current day events to, to dictate that, then there is a reason and a rationale that it is allowed to exist because the, I'm not going to say one side or the other because I think they're both horribly guilty of it, um, it becomes something like it. We need this in order to keep our elite status, to keep our good thing going. This has to allow to be continued to take place. So, if you're looking at it from the perspective of, well, we want to bring everybody in and then give them the right to vote. Which way are they going to vote? That's probably going to secure a specific party to stay in power. Versus maybe even the other side has a lot of wealth and stuff behind it that they're looking at a different level of ah, exploitation that's coming yeah. through across that, that those are necessary and needed. Mm-hmm. I think it's two evils of the same coin mm-hmm. um, where it's not necessarily addressed. Because even, and, and I'll go back, I'll go, I, I, I just remember vi- very vividly points of 
when our former president was doing to try to stop the border, he got opposition from both sides. Mm. Yeah. He couldn't do that. You couldn't do that. Mm-hmm. You couldn't do that. You couldn't do that. Mm-hmm. And so it's it's not a one side or another side issue. I think both sides are are benefiting from it. But I think just as Sanvalat and all of them had a good thing going, you're going to want to make, keep that status quo. Whatever his role was, official, unofficial, street thug, mm-hmm. local ruler, whatever, whatever, he was benefiting. Mm-hmm from Jerusalem not having a wall. He was benefiting from Jerusalem being in chaos and in shambles. Mm-hmm. I think you could take that to the same point that if we are trying to maintain it, we want to still keep, there's people who want to keep that level of benefit mm-hmm. and not lose it. Mm-hmm. You talk about, uh, well, uh, uh, settling a civilization, being civilized, uh, and being citizens, you know, some of those uh, um, national types of words. Uh, I think of um, in, well, I could say in, in Israel's day now, uh, in Israel's day, in, in Nehemiah's time in America now. Um, and I plan to take this question up to the spiritual level too. Um, uh, what changes when, so when you've got, the, you mentioned power, so uh, when there's uh, there's a power person uh, and then you've got um, loyalty or allegiance to that power and then you've got a po- that, that power that makes decisions, these are going to be the laws we live by. This is how things are going to work. Um, uh, society and uh, in uh, like in American times in, in uh, the, the revolution, the Declaration of Independence, the um, Constitution, the uh, um, amendments uh, before that, the uh, like the Mayflower Compact, each state had their own constitution. There was, um, oh, there's another one I can't remember, but anyway. Those, um, I've heard uh, my guy, one of my podcasts, talking about a social compact. So you have an agreement of how we're going to live together, who gets to make those decisions, what's going to be right and wrong, good or bad, what are the punishments going to be, laws, laws of the land. Uh, in, uh, when there are no walls, um, and I suppose there's a competition of powers because I suppose there were some in Israel that had power. There were nobles, officials, governors. Um, but Sanballat was uh, a big dog in that time. So he got to choose and decide. And so I, um, so we have Nehemiah come in. Oh, uh, now he gets to tell Israel what's going to do. So he's the big dog. He's the in charge, but he's doing that in uh, in submission to the king of Babylon, but also God. Mm-hmm. And um, and that brings with it another social compact, uh, uh, an understanding of uh, where power resides, uh, what's right and wrong, what are the laws, what are the punishments. What are the taxes, etc.? Establishing or reestablishing a whole new society, uh, civilization there, but it required a wall. 
literally. Um, <clears throat> but not just literally, because uh, Israel has a wall, kind of. Uh, they're very, very uh, strict on uh, who flies in and out of there. They're getting checked to customs and stuff. I don't know uh, what if you can walk into Israel or not, but they're very, very... Um, but, and they're somewhat unified over who's in charge, um, whether it's God or not, it's kind of not. Um, and the United States, yeah, and the United States has its borders because we're surrounded quite a bit by water, um, east and west, and we got Canada up north, and there are fences up north and, and, uh, on the south, you know, the history over the last few years, pretty well wide open, but some some built some walls built, um, and yet, um, the social compact in the United States, the agreement. I mean, just uh, citizenship. What does it mean to be an American? Do I agree with what it means to be an American? Uh, and that's. Uh, that's crumbling we're seeing disunity in the united states they're not doing it well in israel because they have i don't know if they're all citizens but you got the palestinian citizens they're they're all, all kinds of diversity in in israel jews uh orthodox jews secular jews etc uh muslims uh, christians mm -hmm. and there's a, a level of of peace in the city, but not uh, since October 10th or whatever it was when, when Hamas came in and uh, did that. Uh, and I think there's a lot of conversation now uh, questioning, it might be the, a, a Nehemiah a wall kind of thing, is can is it possible to coexist uh, when you have different loyalties of who God is, what's right and wrong, what the crimes should be, what the laws should be, etc. And um, I think what's going on in in uh, in the U.S. now is a tearing down of that, not just physically, but uh, we don't. But uh, being being united around a social compact and, and something uh, like the Constitution is now by many uh, deemed to be uh, negative. So, lots to unpack there. So thinking about, like, if we just even take America, that you know, America was founded on, yes, there were, there were founding fathers that were atheists that did not necessarily have mm -hmm. a walk with God, but mm -hmm. even those atheists said that the only way that the Constitution and the Bill of Rights work is to have a biblical Christian morality. Mm -hmm. Like, you've got to be able to have that level of inner morality and consciousness to say, okay, that we're abiding, that our Bill of Rights is not going to give me the freedom to go out and take away your Bill of Rights and your right to property, possession, happiness, self, and things like that. So the foundation of those laws were built on the idea that there was still, at the center of it all, 
God, that mm-hmm. we, we were still going to be one nation under God, even mm-hmm. for the founding fathers that didn't necessarily believe mm-hmm. in God. That was kind of a missing piece of the puzzle. As mm-hmm. history has continued to go down away from that, and I'm going to take this back way back, way, way back, way back. Mm-hmm. We're going to go like post-flood. Mm-hmm. We had the Tower of Babel. So we yep. had a globalization of people there mm-hmm. to build themselves to be higher than God and to be able to even take and build a city that could uphold the wrath of God mm-hmm. and to be able to worship to the stars and the moon. <clears throat> that they were going to be this people that nothing could come against them. Mm-hmm. I believe for the history of man, that has always been one of the enemy's tools is this idea of globalization and one, one body that is not under the authority of God. Mm -hmm. That if we can be one body, there's nothing that we can't accomplish. Mm -hmm. We can do this, we can do that, we can do this. We think about the scientific advances in the 20th century and even more in the 21st century, how quickly things, we've done this, we've Mm -hmm. done this. We don't give glory back to God when we see things. We take the glory for ourselves. Mm -hmm. So that idea of globalization, I think, has always been at the core of man's DNA. Mm-hmm. The, the ability to rule, the ability to have um, power and be in control. We don't like, that's one thing about once one of the big reasons why people have a hard time coming to Christ. The actually that you're going to give authority to yeah. God versus having your own authority to yourself. Yep. That's still an innate sense. Like I think that I'm in power of my own life and therefore I get to make the decisions that I want to make mm-hmm. regardless of how they're impacting others. Yeah. Moving it back into historic uh, American history, decades and centuries and generations, we have slowly moved away from being one nation under God to being whatever is good for you mm-hmm. is therefore right. So if it's good for you to be a girl one day and a boy the next day, then that's what's best for you. And no one can tell you that that is wrong. Mm-hmm. So by eliminating one nation under God and it's one nation for self, and we've talked about this mm-hmm. on a previous podcast, it's really the honor of self. Mm-hmm. You're, you're feeding all of those things that are slowly eroding that hardcore centered truth. You can't erode it because truth is truth and truth yeah. is written out by God's word. Yeah. But the more you can dissolve it, mm-hmm. the more you can make people question it, um, you more you teach evolution, evolution in school as concrete scientific fact, mm-hmm. the more generations of kids are growing up believing that that is actually true. Mm-hmm. And now creationism is a joke, because like, how could you believe that? It clearly is this, this, and yeah. this. Well, you're just citing things that aren't even true. Mm-hmm. But you kind of continuously beat that model. You think about it in the idea of like the Second Amendment. They can't come and take this generation's guns. But they can whittle away so that future generations are going to give them away freely. Yeah. So you keep telling generations and generations that guns are bad, guns are bad, guns are bad, guns are bad, guns are bad. You're going to get to a point where you're going to have a generation that says, you know what, guns are bad, we need to lay them down. Mm. So it, it, it's this, it's, the enemy is smart, he knows what he's doing, and it's a slow erosion of biblical truth and foundations to get us to a place where the reason we can't come to an agreement is because we are truly that mixing pot of a nation now. Mm-hmm. Whatever your ideology, whatever your gender, whatever your color of your skin, whatever those things, it's all everything goes. Unless you're a white male Christian. <laughs> if you're a white male Christian, now you're now you're a problem. Yeah, cisgender. So yeah, hetero. The the innate part of it is just I think it's it's that. Like I think 
and when we think when we look through you know the book of revelation and things like that the idea is getting they have that global empire that is that one world government mm -hmm. well the only way you're getting into a one world government is to view yourself as one with the world mm -hmm. like if you're still having borders if you're still having sovereignty if you're still saying we're this versus that you're you have to get to a point for that to play out where we're all we're all it doesn't matter there, there is no sovereign border there is no sovereign state there is no ruling government there's no ruling doctrine because we're one people unified under the world mm -hmm. of the banner and it goes back to like i said it goes back to like the, the people at babel mm -hmm. they were unified under the idea of this is what we were going to do and god had to come down and say okay if they complete this there's nothing that they won't be able to complete yeah and he scattered them and gave them different languages and i believe the enemy has been trying to get us back to that one power because whether you go through the book of Daniel or go through the Revelation all of those end time prophecies come with the idea that you have a civilization and then a civilization that comes and takes place over that mm -hmm. right yep so I think we could even see this playing out in Nehemiah a little bit like whatever those open borders were there that was allowing things to take place it came as a challenge to that overall sovereignty mm -hmm. in that area yeah, and they have to. Uh, well, there's either. Uh, well, that you mentioned in like uh, in American history, our, our rights came from God. Even the uh, the atheists um, acknowledge that that's a good belief. Um, I'm not sure why an atheist would say that, but it is. It it does. It yeah. I think the uh, the idea is that. Uh, it takes those rights out of the um, jurisdiction of mm -hmm. men. Men, you can't touch these rights. You didn't give them to me. You they're, can't take them away. They're endowed by our Creator. And that's one of the and that's one of the reasons that uh, you know faithful people like us, Nehemiah, uh, want to build a nation and live in the kingdom of God is because those are good for everyone. The people that say no, that's not good. Are the ones like Sanballat who got uh, got a racket going? It's like, wait a minute, and we've got plenty of that. You mentioned in in uh, Washington, and uh, and I suppose you know every um, capital in the in the nation, uh, the, the states. But um, the uh, the Democrats bringing the um, uh, the southern border um, aliens over, hoping that they can. Uh, put them on the welfare roll and, and have a permanent voter class keeping them in power uh, but the re Republicans wagging their finger at that saying you're bad Democrats you should vote for me Republicans but I want them over here for cheap labor to work my uh, to clean my pool and, and uh, mow the lawn and work my vegetable field and stuff so the the Democrats and the Republicans do the same thing but um, that's to keep themselves in power yeah uh, not and, and in doing so, they're actually destroying citizenship. These people don't need to learn the Pledge of Allegiance. They don't need to no. agree to live uh, and protect the Constitution. So what good? But what good is the Constitution when you secure enough votes that you have two thirds of both chambers in the House to override any article that is in the Constitution? Yeah. Fifty-fifty is not getting it done. Mm -hmm. 
And so we're in, in 50-50, there's still a play that you're going to be in that gridiron slash model. Nothing mm-hmm. is actually ever going to come to fruition until whatever president is in the office is signing an executive order. Mm-hmm. Then it becomes an official action. But nobody ever goes and undone undoes the majority of the orders right before them. Right. Joe Biden did. He pretty much erased everything. But Trump didn't go and negate yeah. any of Obama's. Yeah. He did some, but not a lot. So you're creating this grid aisle model where everything works for everybody. But if you're going to really get to the point where you're talking about eliminating eliminating Bill of Rights and our, our constitutional articles that protect the individual, mm-hmm. it's going to take two-thirds to get that passed. Mm-hmm. So you either create enough circumstances. I'm going to be very careful on how I say this. You either expose and take advantage of enough circumstances to thwart the overall opinion and you take advantage of a person's emotional state to pass a bill Mm -hmm. to do it, or you have to get the votes in place to change the majority. Does that make sense? No. Because ultimately, because you still have people who are holding on to the Bill of Rights, you still have people in this country who are constitutionalist. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of the, the Libertarian Party is built on, like, I don't care what you do, I don't care what lifestyle yeah. you live, just, yeah. you're not infringing on my individual rights, and government is bad. Mm-hmm. It should, you shouldn't have this big government. There is still a large voice enough of the population that I think that the government would have a hard time mm-hmm. in any capacity at the current state changing the Bill of Rights. Mm-hmm. You can whittle away at them. Little by little, the Second Amendment is continuously being whittled away at. Yeah. You still have the right to have a gun, but even here in New York State, you have to go through a background check to get your ammo. But we're not infringing on your right to bear arms. It's got to be a twenty-two, and you can only have five in the chamber. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, it's like you start putting those That's things where you're, you're chipping away. Soon. So you either got to chip away at those moments. And, again, all of those things are generally on the heels of an emotional response to something. There's a mass shooting, so now all of a sudden we get another Second Amendment law that gets passed that's chipped away at the Second Amendment. So you're, you're riding people's emotional strains mm-hmm. in that moment. We go back to the SAFE Act here in New York State. That was passed in the dead of the night mm-hmm. after the shooting in, was it New Connecticut? I don't remember. Newtown. There, there was. It came on the heels as an emotional response. So if yeah. you can play on the emotional responses of people, you can pass a law and chip away at things. But if you're going to do it outright, you've got to change the voting construct to get a majority in the Senate and the House to outrightly do it. Right now, even de- Democrats and Republicans, there's enough on both sides that are not going to let an amendment to the Constitution be challenged. But those people even come. Do you think about like Joe Manchin and Kristen Cinema, who actually stood in the gap and said, "This is the way it needs to work. Like we have to be able to have a healthy debate. We're not nixing the filibuster, mm-hmm. because it needs to be a healthy debate. Besides, both of them, both of them came under fire from their own party. Mm-hmm. So if you're not going to be, and I also believe that our governor, as liberal as he was, mm-hmm. I believe that he was not as liberal as they would have liked him to be." Mm-hmm. And so, well, if, we're, if you're not going to help us advance what we need to advance, then we're just going to replace you in the process. And so you're continuously trying to move those goalposts in those things. So an increased flux of a permanent voting block maybe gives you the opportunity to take a state like Texas, which is generally red, 
Mm-hmm. And now you gain House seats. You gain a Senate seat. Even what they're doing now with Texas and, and Florida by shipping the shipping people back out to the blue states, mm-hmm. what's happening here is most of the conservatives have left. So you're moving mm-hmm. now, you're moving people into a former conservative county or a district yeah. and watch those districts turn blue. Mm-hmm. So you're, you're still going to be, you're changing the voting block. It's not necessarily always at the state level, but if you start changing the local levels, thinking about what George Soros does with it, he, he, he stopped going after the Senate's. He stopped going after the republic, uh, the the congressman. He started pouring his money into the local DA races. Local government, yeah. Because now, if I'm controlling the local DA races, now I'm changing the point at the most. It's the most impactful of people, mm-hmm. and you're creating it from inside. So I think I'm not even sure how like where we're at and sorry how far we went down this rabbit hole, but <laughs> like I think so. There's there's reason to if our end goal is to be if if the goal is to be globalization. Mm-hmm. If the enemy's end goal, if we're going to live out and see some of those prophecies come true, then we have to get to a point where there's more of a globalized mindset as far as governments, mm-hmm. which means less sovereignty for those countries involved. Yeah. yeah. And that's kind of where I was uh, trying to land as an illustration for not just good citizenship and being, you know, manly men of God and. Uh, but leaders of our families and uh, and members of the church is that uh, walls are necessary in order to protect from evil, from competing influences, so that a, a local people can decide for themselves and be united around who's in charge, mm-hmm. what are the laws, what are the penalties, uh, and who's, who's not one of us? Yes, but I, you know, I'll go back to like your, your, your symbolism that you used with building a fence in your backyard. You're putting in a hot tub and you put a fence. Yeah. Well, as the church and the kingdom of God, we had, we had our boundaries. Mm-hmm. Like this is what we stood on, this is where we were at, and yeah. this is what we were not yielding. Mm-hmm. Time over time, our neighbor has come and kept moving the fence post in. Right. So they keep we, they keep moving the fence post in so that our territory of domain becomes smaller and smaller, mm-hmm. and we're fighting for scraps of what's left. And they keep coming and going. Well, we're just going to move it in one more foot. Yeah, we're not going to move it in one foot. Obviously, if our neighbor came and just decided to make camp in our backyard, and we, there's going to be a big issue. Like you're clearly trespassing. Mm-hmm. But if we let them slowly, surely erode our mm-hmm. property lines and our boundaries. Mm-hmm. Now you're turning almost it's like almost like squatter rights, right? Yeah. Like, well, yeah. I've been taking care of it, I've been tending it, I've been dealing with it. It is now my property, and you're shrinking, yeah, more and more. Yeah, some of that, uh, well, a lot of that, maybe most of that, was done um, by power of persuasion. There wasn't a lot of force, yeah. violence, killing, and so there's uh, what you, uh, what you think, what you believe matters. And that's why citizenship, I think, is so important. Education, what does it mean to be a, a, a citizen? But also in the, the church, the boundaries uh, that, uh, what does it mean to be a Christian or not a Christian? Um, who's in, who's out? And what you're talking about, what is the jurisdiction of the church uh, versus the state? They, uh, uh, because... Uh, uh, they have pushed the church out 
largely, uh, probably because, uh, well, of ignorance, partly, but maybe um, a change in theology, too, where uh, some pastors and, and uh, seminary teachers were teaching normal Christians that uh, that's that's not the church's business. You let them let them decide. Let them do. Don't you know? You pray. You come to church and worship. You can, you know, uh, be a good Christian yourself. Uh, disciple your families, but uh, don't uh, don't try to engage the culture because uh, the devil is is in charge of that. Or you know that we're going to lose that battle until Jesus comes back. Or 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 what other uh, lots of other um, challenging theological questions, uh, but I didn't want to get into all of that. But um, today, but um, I think we did. Yeah, and and we did because <laughs> because uh, um, it started out with the wall and with the anger on all of that. There will be uh, anger on uh, people who on uh, when we build walls and we do need walls. I mean, we talked about the wall walls around your property, um, walls around uh, cities, nations, uh, symbolic walls maybe around um, churches, uh, so that you can have that unity of mind, unity of belief, um, because a house divided against itself will, will fall, cannot stand. Uh, and, and we need that. One of Sanballat's questions was... Um, Will you will you restart sacrifice worship, and then um, and then Nehemiah prayed. This was another one of my questions, but we don't we won't have time to do that. How many minutes are we on now? We're up to forty one. Yeah, hear us, O God, for we are despised. Turn their insults back on their own heads. Give them over as plunder in a land of captivity. Do not cover up their guilt or blot out their sins from your sight, for they have thrown insults in the face of the builders. Is that loving? That's my only quest. <laughs> I, I want to say yeah. And I, 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 I agree. I think like, so, you know, and that I mean, that whole situation was, so clearly, you know, Sambalot goes to the idea of like, are you going to even start doing sacrifices? It was always the concern that they were going to bring God back into the center of Jerusalem and go back into having this, God worship take the place of whatever was going on in that moment. And yep. we know that Israel was exiled because they got away from yep. worshiping and honoring God yep. and doing yep. the things that God had instructed. So the last thing that the enemy's going to want to do is to see that started over again. Mm -hmm. So to have that concern, but Nehemiah had a great response. He didn't engage. He didn't go do a Facebook post. He didn't go do a Twitter feed. He didn't mm -hmm. go in and start slamming them and, and, and physically confronting Sandlot. He prayed. Yeah. He went back to his creator, the person who called him to do the thing that he was doing, mm -hmm. who led them down this road. And whether it was get them or just remember them. Like be like in this moment, like I'm I'm surrendering this situation to you. Mm-hmm. Because I'm going to continue doing what I, what you've called me to do. And you bring up the idea of walls are good. And I think more of the symbolic walls. We as fathers, husbands, we have a symbolic wall around our family. Mm -hmm. Like it is our job to protect yeah. them. It is yeah. our job to be the spiritual leader of our our yep. households yep. and to be our shep. They're our, our, our flock. We're yep. their shepherds. Yep. Like we're to, we're to guide, protect, and do those things. 
And we should be willing to fight to hell and back yeah. to protect that. Mm-hmm. As it says in 414. As it says yeah. to 414. As it's in the Fight Club. Great Fight Club, yeah. Um, it, it's the idea that we know, and you, you bring up 414, and one of the beautiful things about that verse is the idea that is we shouldn't be afraid of what the enemy is doing in opposition. Mm-hmm. We shouldn't be worried about what they're doing outside of our borders, of our wall, of yeah. our domain, of yeah. what we're doing it, because we know that we're going to fight. Mm-hmm. And we're going to fight for our wives, our kids, our brothers, our sisters, our families, that we know a fight's coming. Mm-hmm. Nehemiah didn't take the stance with, oh, God, please just let it pass, and, mm-hmm. and you know, just whatever. Like, No, we're going to fight. Mm-hmm. Don't be afraid of them. Remember our God who's stronger mm-hmm. and be ready to fight. That doesn't mean that you got to take a stick and go start bashing people over the head. It was defensive. It yeah. was defensive fighting. They were doing the work that God had called them to do, but they had one hand on the sword, one hand on the spear, and the other hand building the wall. Yeah. They didn't stop what God had commanded them to do, mm-hmm. but they were ready and prepared for whatever attack was going to come their way while they were doing what mm-hmm. God was calling them to do. And if we are Christians living out what we are called to do by God, then we need to expect and prepare for a healthy dose of warfare coming our way. But that doesn't mean that we need to go start grabbing sticks and shovels and start beating people with them. Mm-hmm. Maybe it comes to that at some point yeah. in that act of defense. Defensive, yeah. But we need to be surrendering ourselves to God and knowing that he is bigger and greater and continue on with what he has called us to do. And maybe that's a new Christian who's just coming to faith and the warfare is starting to build because you're now a threat to the status quo. Mm -hmm. By giving your life over to God, you're now saying, okay, Satan, you are no longer my authority. God's my authority, and that's a disrupt to the status quo. You better believe he's going to come and try to knock that down. Mm -hmm. Maybe you've been a believer for 20-some-odd years, and you're just trying to live faithfully the best you can every day, but it's getting hard. Yeah. Yeah. And that's where you still have to remember that we should still be prepared to fight. Yep. Sometimes literally, uh, definitely, always spiritually. And and when we try to live lives uh, completely under the submission of uh, the Lord Jesus and, of course, God the Father, it's going to make some people angry. Because that means they're not the boss of me. Yep. Uh, and it's loving and appropriate for us to pray bad things about them. <laughs> pray that I, no. Pray that they get justice. That they get. Uh, I think. I think we want what they deserve. I think we need to always be with a prayerful mind. That is, as much as there's people who cause us pain and and, and agony in our lives. You know, Jesus called it out. They they'll hate you because they hated me. Yeah. So we have to expect that opposition, but at yeah. the same time, Jesus died for every single person right. that hated him. Yep. And every single person that nailed him to the cross, he still died. Yep. For their sins, he still died for that individual. Yeah. So, prayerfully, in the moments, yes, I think it's okay to cry out and say, "I don't know why they're doing this. Mm. This isn't fair. It's it's not right." But we should still have the heart of Jesus and pray for self, pray for them to find salvation. Yep. And pray that they would find truth yep. and peace in whatever is causing them their unrest. Mm-hmm. That whatever they're dishing out to us, you know, Jesus also said that, you know, turn the other cheek. Yep. Um, you know, forgive them 70 times, seven times. Mm-hmm. And, and so, like, it should never be a shortness of patience. Yeah. Because... 
our God is infinitely patient with us. Yeah. So I think in those moments, I mean, go back and look at the Psalms that David prayed. Those are scriptures. I mean, we yeah. quote some of them on Sunday morning services. Uh-huh. And David was still a man after God's own heart, but he was pleading for justice. He was pleading for God's intervention. But I, I don't, I think we can still say now that we've got the Messiah, mm-hmm. that we also need to be praying that they would f- find that relationship with him as well too, because regardless yeah. of how bad and evil a person is, mm-hmm. until they take their last breath, yeah. there is always an opportunity for them mm-hmm. to come under the saving grace and blood of Jesus Christ. Yeah. And some of that, what he was praying, uh, might result in that. You know, in, in prison or in addi- addictions, we often talk about people hitting the bottom. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, the woman in my church used to say, God will sometimes uh, knock you on your back because that's the only way he can get you to look up. Yep. And, and he, was saying, he was praying that, uh, that their insults would be turned back on their own heads. I don't know what that means. Give them over to his plunder in a land of cap- captivity. And that sounds like uh, having the roles reversed. You know, we've been uh, plundered. <laughs> we've been taken into captivity. May it be him now. And that's what God did to them to humble them. Yep. And, uh, and, it, and it worked for a lot of them. And uh, that might happen to Sanballat yep. uh, if he gets uh, what he deserves. And so... Um, Typically, t- typically the ones that have everything all figured out and going together and things are going well, those are usually the hard ones to ever hear the message of salvation. Yeah. Usually yep. you've, you've got to have some things in your life that are breaking you. Yeah. To be willing to submit to, some, to, to submit to God's authority to say, okay, how I'm doing it is not, it's yeah. not working for me. Yeah. We can't say, um, God, uh, would you uh, take this guy's life and send him to hell? <laughs> I suppose we can, but that's not what we're uh, praying for because we don't get to judge. Um, and God, fortunately, is not obligated to answer our prayers nope. uh, affirmatively. He, we don't tell him what to do. Uh, we can pray whatever we want, and he might tell us, yeah, that's not the kind of prayer I'm going to answer affirmatively anyway. <laughs> and you, you might want to check your own heart. But uh, it is okay to get angry, and, and uh, love is actually, love, love hates the things that hate God or oppose God, and, uh, and that's actually a good thing. But uh, we, we're not real good at identifying the things that oppose God, so we got to be very careful about it. <laughs> we are also really uh, good at falling into our own emotions. Yeah, yeah. And, and, our, and you know, the idea of, emotional intelligence of where you're at in the situation your Mm. prayers might be very different yeah you know you might be in the heat of it and angry because it just happened Mm -hmm. or your prayer two hours from then might be very different Mm -hmm. so we have to be careful not to act in our emotional state either that we should always come back to god Mm -hmm. we should always surrender back into god into being in god's will for our lives Mm -hmm. but recognizing where we are emotionally in that moment Mm -hmm. is a big thing yep I turned the Bills game off the other day without watching because I got mad. I'm like, not going to sit in it anymore because I was emotionally aware of myself to say this isn't going to be good for me to continue watching the last nine minutes of this game. Yeah, and my favorite combat sport, politics, is good to turn off sometimes too. <laughs> so uh, do we? Do you guys think of any more announcements that we ought to tell everyone before we get out of here? 
I thought maybe it'd be good to to conclude in prayer. I can I am capable of praying briefly, and uh, do that as an ending today. If you guys are all, if you think this is a good place think, to stop, I think it's a good place to stop. Right. And I think ending in prayer is a great idea. All right. Wait, wait, hold on before we start that. Levi, do you have anything to add? To I'm still here. <laughs> I'm still here. By the way. <laughs> I didn't want to take up any more airtime. Yeah, we're going on. How many minutes are we on? 52. Well, yeah, two, th- been you the... know, three or four of those minutes were us screwing around at the beginning. So. Yeah, yeah. Maybe uh, an adult will come back next time and, <laughs> and control the, the conversation. Lord, thank you for uh, the honor of being able to do this together as men, trying to figure out how to live uh, as Christians in this generation. It is confusing, complex, difficult, uh, and I thank you that we have each other to do it. We have your Holy Spirit. We have your your Holy Scriptures, and we do pray that you'll help us learn from Nehemiah and uh, build the walls where there need to be walls um, and pray humbly, um, but as uh, men aggressive on a mission to build the kingdom of God and fight the devil not flesh and blood, uh, and anything that opposes you. Um, Thank you for uh, what has been uh, a uh, prosperous nation with a balance of power and and laws and and freedoms, etc. And and we pray that your ongoing uh, presence would be with us in the state level, the county level, local churches. pray that you bless... uh, um, Uh, Hope Chapel, our individual homes, help us to protect, build the walls spiritually and otherwise to keep the devil at bay, Um, be united in spirit, in mind, um, and that your kingdom might come on earth as it is in heaven as much as possible till your return. Uh, Heal up Mike, for he is sick today for his uh, uh, important task of preaching on Sunday and uh, uh, watch over the the men and women who listen to this podcast until we return again. Uh, We worship you, honor you, uh, give glory to you, help us to love one another better and better this year. Amen. Amen. Amen.